This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Rand Zelka, Chief Data Science Officer at Happify. We're doing biometrics at IBM and trying to find ways to identify people based on fingerprint, voice print, and so on. And we started toying with the idea of being able to identify people with their psychological features, or what we kind of called mind print. Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. Rand Zilka is Happify's Chief Data Scientist. He's an entrepreneur, author, coach, and TEDx speaker. Rand's debut book, Ride of Your Life, a coast-to-coast guide to finding inner peace describes his 6,000-mile solo motorcycle ride from New York to California, which included meeting with Phil Zambardo, Deepak Chopra, and many others. So, Rand, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So what I like to do is start out with what you're passionate about. To me personally, I like to know how and why things work. So, Rand, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? Well, I think we're at a pivotal time in technology where it stops being something that just helps people be more productive. Mm-hmm. And there's a real interesting opportunity to use uh, technology to make people's lives better in the deepest sense of that phrase. So I'm mostly passionate about that, mostly passionate about using technology, the most advanced technology, to make people basically happier and have, you know, conduct a more meaningful, more uh, a fuller life. So when did this become a passion of yours? You know, being really, really young, you probably weren't, you know, aware of, of how technology can make this impact. So what, what about your journey? What about, you know, an experience you had that really created this aha moment that, you know, this is the thing that you really want to pursue? It's something that I almost stumbled upon. You know, I think I can say I had two parts of my career. First part, a little over a decade, I was doing the most uh, techie, quantitative, defense, kind of old-fashioned type of stuff. I was an engineer in the Israeli Defense Forces and uh, did different data science, algorithmic things. And then also a few other additional years in industry and then IBM research. So very, almost I like to say the, uh, the engineer with the pocket protector, right? Right. NASA engineer. Then towards, uh, I think to about around 2005, so that's a good, what, 12 years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, in my team, we were doing biometrics at IBM and trying to find ways to identify people based on fingerprint, voice print, and so on. And we started toying with the idea of being able to identify people with their psychological features or what we kind of called mind print. And I started reading a little bit about psychology and very quickly realized that there are many, many quantitative methods that can be softwareized, sort of speak, very directly. Mm-hmm. And that's not being done, mainly because people in research psychology and also practitioners, also psychologists who practice, are, or at least at the time, uh, you know, 12 years ago, are not very technologically literate. So we're still kind of like, you know, your typical doctor who writes in handwriting, you can't understand the prescription. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as I recognize that there's an opportunity there in the overlap or in the intersection between psychology and technology, I left IBM and I started my first company, 
And that's been my passion since then. And it started off with this vague idea of the intersection of the two disciplines and very quickly became something much deeper, much more meaningful to me, realizing that there's an opportunity to make a very profound impact on the lives of individuals, way beyond just assessing or giving them a little fun quiz, you know, that is psychology-based, but really an opportunity to intervene mm. and, and create something that is transformative. With this, uh, you know, realization, really revelation, you leaving IBM, what path did, did that put you down, you know? How did you get to now Happify? What are, what are some of these steps and transitions that you made along the way in really personal growth that got you to where you are now? And, and what are some of the things that you did on that journey? Right. So, so that's a, an interesting question. So, I mean, it's at the point in time when, when I was realizing, and, and many of the scientists that I worked with as well, also helped me realize that. There's a, an opportunity here in, in that intersection of the two disciplines that is much, much bigger than what I had initially thought. Something interesting also happened in my personal life, which happens to anyone who gets to that age. I was about to turn 40. And as part of my uh, day job, I, as, the, you know, as the CEO and founder of the company, I had to read a lot of research and participate also actively uh, in a lot of research about positive psychology you know, different disciplines in psychology that are conducive to well-being. Mm -hmm. And then when I turned 40, I took off on a motorcycle. Logical, yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, as expected. <laughs> and I, uh, I rode from New York to California. I made this into a project. I interviewed a lot of the people that I worked with at the time. Just famous authors like Deepak Chopra and Byron Katie and, and many of the researchers like Sonia Lubomirsky and Barbara Fredrickson, Jamie Pennebaker. And I was on the road for five weeks. I visited them at different stops along the way and eventually published my first book about it called Right of Your Life. During that trip, something very transformative happened to me. I guess all of that stuff that I was reading kind of gelled in and formed into something. And I negotiated the sale of my company to entrepreneurs in Los Angeles while I was on the road. So basically reached the West Coast, shook hands and came back as their chief scientist, which after selling them, having sold my company to them. And from that point on, things started changing in my life very, very rapidly. This company was called BeLife, worked with them for um, a few years and created some interesting things. And in the few years that I was with BeLife as chief scientist, I moved back to Israel where I grew up. After a couple of years, I left. I started a new company in New York for about a year. Started working on some very interesting products with friends. And then uh, was introduced to the folks at Happify. And immediately I realized that they're way ahead of the curve. And, and they've built already, this is, you know, a good three years ago now, mm -hmm. something, you know, that is very, very close to what I would envision building, having the time and resources and it was a very, very easy, very natural connection. So I sold uh, the company to them. The company was called Intrinsic Mobile and became the chief uh, data science officer. And I've been with Happyfy now for over two and a half years. And it's just been an amazing and amazing experience. Both the people and just the depth and the breadth of the things we do is outstanding. 
I would also say maybe uh, so one more thing is, you know, you ask me what I'm passionate about and, and kind of what are the things that I think are impactful and, and meaningful and important. I think one, one more thing is just being very curious about life and not being shy about learning new things. You know, I started as an engineer and then a computer scientist. And in the past decade, I've been publishing in, you know, with research psychologists in, in psychology publications. So I think there's a beautiful thing that's going on in Happyfy where you have engineers, people doing machine learn, learning and, and AI like myself, people with behavioral sciences background, people with practitioner background and coaches and psychologists, a very, very diverse background of people out of this curiosity and out of this mission, building something that is very, very unique. You know, and in doing the research into your background and just really following the path you took and the companies that you started and then looking deeper into Happify, it just makes complete sense that while you're at Happify, it seems like a perfect fit. And it's really interesting how that often happens or where you end up based on what you've experienced and what your perspective is. And I think that this is a really cool product, something that I'm actually really passionate about just being that, you know, with that self-help sort of trend, you know, things being in the same realm as like uh, Lumosity or Headspace. And so I think for those that maybe don't know about Happify, would you maybe explain a little bit about what it is and, and why it's important? Sure. Yes. Yes. So Happify is essentially is a set of tools, activities, games, uh, meditations, a very, very broad range of things you could do that are packaged together in a simple mobile app and a website designed to nothing short of making you happier. Mm-hmm. And this sounds kind of potentially very, uh, uh, very abstract, but it's really very simple. It's just an engaging set of programs where you can choose and pick the, the things you want specifically to improve in your life, if it's parenting or uh, reducing stress and worry and anxiety or um, learning to be a better professional or finding your calling. So whatever specific needs you have, and then come to the side and pick one of these programs, start on it. We call them tracks. And it will take you through a sequence of activities, all of them designed to cater to that bigger goal. So I think unlike the other tools that are out there, it's not just a bunch of meditations or it's not just a bunch of games or it's packaged in a way that is very rich. You know, it's essentially, you know, I don't want to know how to say this without sounding almost corny, but it's really just a free, simple app that can transform a person's life. We have um, testimonials from people and touch with, uh, I think by now we have over 3 million users where you just hear the personal stories and it's transformative. It's something that truly changes a person's life. I totally agree. It is a completely transformative experience in going through and how robust it is and, and how you can tailor it to an individual just because of how many resources there are in this application And so I absolutely recommend everyone check it out. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes section so everyone can go and experience it for themselves. You know, Rand, you coming to this company, being the uh, chief data scientist, what are some of the things that you currently focus on and how are you wanting to make an impact for Happify? You know, one of the most difficult issues uh, data scientists face or people have kind of scientific backgrounds or strong technological backgrounds is they want to create cool things. 
and they are sometimes attracted to complicated things. Mm. I think that the challenge that I see and the way I think about my work is how do I take the most complicated methods, the most complicated analytics, the most complicated and advanced ideas, and put them in Happify under the hood so that the user experiences something natural and simple. You know, some examples for that are just rearranging the experience. Mm-hmm. When you go through a Happify experience, you may not know that the next thing that's being shown to you or the text that's being shown to you or the way Happify communicates with you truly understands you. It may not be initially apparent, but it is like that. Also, some other things coming down the road where the interaction with Happify would be more AI-focused explicitly, and you'd be able to kind of conduct a conversation or just kind of communicate with Happify in a more natural way that feels less like communicating with software and a little bit more like communicating with another person. So those are the, the kind of the primary things. So you brought up AI. Is that something particularly you're really excited about? Or I guess, are there other technology advancements that you're mostly looking forward to that you think are going to be a great pairing with Happify? Well, I think AI is a very big thing. You know, there's other things like we launched a few months ago, uh, we launched in um, beta an application that uses heart rate variability. So it's another example of something that is very, very complicated and advanced, but you know, very simple to use. You put your finger on the iPhone camera and it measures very subtle changes in the um, color of your finger uh, that correspond to your uh, heart beating. So basically monitors your heart through that, you know, your index finger being placed on the camera. And then from that, through some very, you know, sophisticated analysis, you can actually gain an insight in, into what's happening in the person's autonomous nervous system and how the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems uh, correspond. And all of that is an indication, a very psychophysiological kind of direct measure of the stress in the person's body. And we have some very beautiful games that go with this as a biofeedback type of activity where the calmer you become based on this measure of your nervous system as measured in the uh, finger on the camera, some beautiful landscapes emerge. Or if, you know, in one of the scenes, it's a diving scene. So you start, you know, different sea creatures. And uh, so it's a very engaging type of game. You know, I don't like the word uh, gamified in that respect because it's not an activity that has been gamified. It's a game. And again, using very, very interesting, very sophisticated, a very broad use of technology. You know, it's the mobile and the, the, the ability to compute on the device itself you know, and the graphic and the science behind heart rate variability assessment. But again, all of that packaged in a way that's simple. So I think anything that has to do with monitoring and quantifying physiological and, and psychophysiological states of people is also something that is interesting and I'm, I'm very, you know, we're all very interested in, in the team. Interesting. Yeah. You know, as the chief data scientist, what are some of the things that are, you think are holding you back from evolving to this next level? Is it technology limitations? Is it understanding of the user with maybe 
better and deeper monitoring and quantifying? You know, what do you see being that thing holding you back or the catalyst really to getting you to this next step? So, yeah, it's a tough question because I, I, I honestly don't feel like there's, you know, we don't feel a hurdle. We don't feel some kind of a holdback. But I want to say just looking at the entire domain or industry, you know, of using psychology and kind of trying to create behavior change or even deeper transformation in a person's life through technology. I think that the fact that the psychology of the person is not observable, sort of speak, mm, okay. sometimes makes it hard to, for users in particular, I think that when it comes to companies, it's a different thing, but users sometimes may not realize how advanced, sophisticated, smart, deep, and effective are the tools that companies like us provide to them. You know, because this simplicity is, could be a double-edged sword. Someone comes to a, a site like this or an app, you say, well, I don't know, I'm playing a few games and I'm answering a few questions and it's fun and it seems like a nice experience. So, they, you know, there's a tendency sometimes, I mean, and really trying to think about a holdback. But like I said, I don't think there is really one. But if I can think of one, potentially it could be that, that you know, someone could inadvertently not discount, but not realize maybe the full potential of what these tools can provide to them. Does that make sense? It yeah, is, uh, it, it, do, it does. And I think it could be really cool to actually dig into the complexity of these tools to, to get a better understanding of really what's happening behind the scenes and what is some of this data that you're looking at that's creating this unique experience, tailored experience. So could you maybe describe a little bit about some of the data that you're looking at and, and really the complexity of maybe some of the algorithms or things that are providing this, you know, unique insight to happify your life? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting thing because we have, I think what's, what's interesting about the Happify data uh, that Happify users really benefit from is that it's not only big, right? I mean, a lot of people, people always, big data has become a very big buzzword, right? In the right, past right. few years, there's always this sense, it's just like bigger is better. So, you know, the Happify data is big, but it's not only that, it's the fact that it's very intimate, very, you know, very telling or very rich type of data. Mm -hmm. So when people, you know, come to a, a website like this or to an app like this, they're asked to write about things they're grateful for or asked to write about their goals or their aspirations or sometimes, you know, the challenges they face. So all of this text is very, very indicative of psychological states of users. And we've had a couple articles published actually in Harvard Business Review about looking at this data or also uh, uh, Jamie, the Journal of, Medical, uh, of Internet Medical Interventions. It's about a year ago now with the University of Pennsylvania. A lot of interesting work just done on looking at the text and extracting topics from the text, where with tools like IBM Watson, you can also extract personality traits, values. So you can really know very intimately what's going on with that person, what they value, what uh, they're like as a person, and what are the things that occupy their minds, and then use that in turn to provide them with an experience that's super, super tailored and not just tailored in the sense that it's personalized, but also understand these users in the deepest sense of that phrase. 
So I think that's one really interesting thing. Everything that has anything that has to do with text analytics. I also mentioned uh, you know the, the psychophysiological data. Again, it's really interesting because it it almost kind of literally goes under the person's skin, right? Huh. So it's again very very informative. And I think the interesting thing about that is many many people, you know, it's hard to be aware of your state sometimes. Mm-hmm. You may not really you're stressed. You may not even realize that certain things occupy you. So digging into that data and surfacing the patterns of this data and then presenting that back to the user is something that is super, super beneficial to people. Um, so I think th- these are uh, the main things. But, you know, there's also the, the, the traditional data science stuff. There's uh, mm-hmm. just looking at patterns of usage and things like that, which... It's also interesting, but I think the, to summarize it is the text and the, the psychophysiological data that are the most unique. So how has mobile affected your ability to harvest this data? Because, you know, mobile being very context centric and being able to get people in those micro moments and on the go, you know, how has that affected your approach or enabled it? Well, I mean, mobile changed everything, right? And I, I can tell you from a time perspective also, when, when Signal Patterns, my first company, was started, that was 2005, 2006, so there was no mobile, right? And there was always that barrier that when someone comes to a computer, then they're in a session, sort of speak, right? So it's similar in a way to reading a book or going to see a coach or a psychologist, or you can sit down and enter a session. Mm-hmm. What happened with, as soon as the iPhone came out and, you know, the App Store came out in 2007 and eight and so on, Everything changed from, in terms of the work that we do in the sense that now you could be in a person's pocket the whole time, monitor to a degree what's going on with them on an ongoing basis, and also what psychologists like to call intervene in state. So kind of identify that something is going on and not wait until the person goes to sit in front of the computer, but at that point in time, immediately do something about it. Hmm. So I think that is what's kind of at least from a, a fundamental perspective, the biggest thing. Then specifically at, at Happify, you know, it allows us to have the best of both worlds because it's a website and an app. So I think there are some things that people more naturally do on the go. And then you also get more of the person's mind share, which is really critical if you're trying to help them basically change their lives. But then you can also, you know, it sometimes could be better for people to have to sit in front of a computer it's just like type away if they want to write and if they want to provide more kind of input or richer input. So I think it's a very, very, it's almost like a revolutionary thing that changed this domain, but also important to, uh, when people develop these types of systems, it's important to re- remember that it's, it's really critical to support all modalities because people use these devices in different ways. And, you know, we're going to have, it's happening already. We're going to have, we're having Internet of Things. It's going to be, you know, my youngest son, who's 11, is always surprised where there's like an animate object with no CPU in it. Like, how come <laughs> this tape doesn't think, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's just really important to remember that design should be user-centric and human-centric. And, you know, people... Sometimes sit in front of a desk. Sometimes they're on a train. And, and, you know, in the future will be sometimes they're home next to their fridge. And their fridge can say something about them. Yeah. 
It's crazy. <laughs> and so what, what's the, uh, Ram, what's the coolest thing you're working on right now that you want everyone to check out? Well, I'm not sure what, what I can uh, disclose. I can say that this AI interface that I mentioned before is coming soon. Mm-hmm. I really think, I mean, obviously super biased because I'm working on it, <laughs> but uh, I truly think that it will, you know, it could be something revolutionary in terms of engagement and in terms of efficacy of Appify users. And especially because we're trying to meet that threshold of not just exchanging information with the machine, but giving you that warm and fuzzy feeling to a degree, at least, that someone understands you and empathizes and so on. And, you know, as, as you can imagine, that's a, it's a super difficult thing to do. But if you get even a tiny little bit of that type of experience, it's radically different than anything anyone has ever experienced trying to have a machine help them or accompany their lives. Yeah, we love revolutionary on this podcast. So we'll, we'd love to stay in touch. And, and as soon as you need some beta testers or want to publicize it, let us know. And then we'll, we'll make sure to, to put it in the show notes and, and check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as far as uh, where we go, Rand, to keep tabs on your work, um, I know you have a personal website, which is actually the name of your book, right? Rideofyourlife.com. And then where else would you like us to go to, to keep tabs on what you're working on and with Appify and everything? I just obviously go to happyfy.com or download the app, you know, from the app store or the uh, um, uh, the Google store. And also go to, you know, if you're in, um, if you're an employer or if you're uh, looking to uh, not just make your own life better, but make a lot of people's life better. And if you're in that kind of decision-making position to go to uh, happyfyhealth.com and check it out. Some very cool, interesting things there. Yeah, those are, you know, that's the main resource. Everything is starts from there, on the website. Well, awesome. I'll make sure to link to all that in the show notes then. So happify.com, happifyhealth.com, all those links will be there. So you can go directly there, click on them, uh, go check out the app, download the app, experience, become more happy uh, in your life. That'll be, everything will be there so you can follow Rand's work. And then also make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire round where Rand will be sharing some of his most valuable resources. So Rand, Thanks for joining us today. You know, it was, it was an absolute pleasure having you on and sharing some of your story and, and getting to where you are and, and letting us know a little bit about Happify and some of the cool things that it sounds like are coming down the pipeline. So we really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. It was my pleasure. It was uh, fun to talk. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit emergemobilefirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.